Welcome to another episode of the Music Guys podcast about a couple of guys doing our thing in the music industry. My name is Al Roa, I'm a guitarist, vocalist, singer, songwriter, record producer, mixing engineer out of Toronto, Ontario, coming at you from the East Danforth. My good friend, handsome gentleman, guitarist, Thirsty vocalist. Guy. Composer, thirsty fella, recent, uh, recently ill, but back with us here. Little pale in complexion right now, but oh, he's, yeah. he's hanging in. It's Mr. Michael Hebs. I think that paleness is just, uh, you know, my lifestyle in general. Paleness, <laughs> bags. You ever see Tombstone? No. Really? What's that? With fucking Val Kilmer in it? Oh. Well, sounds, if any of the listeners have seen Tombstone. Sounds badass. The one guy is dying of cholera oh god and that's the look i'm rocking he's very pale very sickly (laughs) uh that's that's the look that i've been cultivating for the last uh 34 years and it's kind of finally come to fruition um how are you my my boy yeah i'm i'm fine you know we're bracing for a big snowstorm here in uh, southern ontario we'll see what happens overnight could get real icy some Trees and power lines could be felled. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like the chaos, you know? Sure. Um, when you came over, there was an ice storm. We were just talking about this before. Yes. Uh, and when you guys, you and your brother, and Toby. Our dog. I didn't remember his name. You had to tell me it. Um, when uh, Toby the dog came over to my parents' house, because we didn't get iced as hard, it was awesome. It was a great hand. Yeah, we had to come to your place because we had no power, no heat. Ah. Um how many years ago was that now? That was probably like it, almost 2015, yeah. maybe. Yeah. 2014, yeah, it was a yeah. while ago. We didn't have power for about a week. Anyways. And your dad just manned the fire. Just yeah, my dad's, the house. my dad stayed home, yep. yep. I respect it. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, you know, you never know who's going to come around looking for a place to loot, right? There you go. I, I hope the looting starts here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking for that chaos. I mean, when when COVID started, I was talking about that. Remember, one of the jokes I made was when when can I like walk into like I think it was like Home Depot and just be like, "This is I this own is this now. This is my base." Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, never, never happened though. Never so. happened. Yeah. Um, but we are still here, back as as we always are. Uh, and, uh, if, if you'd like to support the show, you could do so by, uh, giving us a five-star review on your podcast app of choice, or perhaps several of them all at once. Oh my God. Uh, you can also, uh, send us an email, musicguypodcast at gmail.com. If you want to include some original music, we'd be happy to play that on the show as well. You could also comment or, uh, or tag us or share our stuff on Instagram and Facebook. That'd be great. Let people know about it, you know, specifically, um. Celebrities like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, D Rock, or D Rock from fucking Trailer Park Boys. You know, get yeah. him in on it. J Rock, you mean? J Rock, D Rock, Jonathan know. Torrance. Oh yes, yeah, what a legend. Uh, anyhow, uh, great musician too. You know, did not every, know every, that. Yeah. Um. So look, today, uh, I thought I'd tell the story of Aberdeen. I don't believe we've done this yet on this show. We're now we 90, uh, 90 episodes in. Can you believe that? That's fucking crazy. Somebody out there has heard all 90 of these. I think so. I think so it's there's, probably there's, one of our moms. There's one um, person who's uh, listened to 90 of these. And it's one really awesome person. Um, yeah. And I mean, you know, maybe if, more than one. I, you know, even if it's one. I'm, I'm cool holding that. I'm holding out. Yeah, yeah let's grab a beer. One person? One. Yeah. If you've heard all 90 shows, hit us up, man. Let's, we'll have you on. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. So Aberdeen was uh, my band or well, a band I was in for, um, of which I was the, the lead singer, uh, one of the songwriters. I played guitar and it was kind of um, a, a band that evolved from late high school into throughout college and then um, I, I, you know, I don't want to like over exaggerate anything, but it certainly felt like 
the quote unquote like almost famous like this was sure. the, we 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 were taking our shot and and we we thought we had a chance to to do something whether or not we truly did you know that's for uh, i guess you know somebody with uh with good hindsight to to say but i i you know i feel like we were you guys did pretty well i mean we were doing some stuff and and uh you know and well you know now here i am uh, 90 episodes into a, a podcast with podcast. you. So, Where so, did you it know, all spo- go wrong? Spoiler. <laughs> um, that being said, I would say out of all the people I know, your guys' band was probably the most successful. When you think about it. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, we have mem- we we have members who have gone on to play with well, that uh, too. Some some massive artists, right? So you know, you Sean Mendes, with some uh, pretty big people when you were a band band. Thomas right? Rhett. Yeah, and we we did open for some bigger bands and and get so I you know I wonder how many people is this an experience that's like that's lost and it can't be lost like there's still bands yeah. out there but I feel that it's maybe less than it used to be like the rock scene the club scene oh, for rock yeah. bands and like an alternative we were more like a pop leaning band but like alternative bands you know like when they, they just you'd fill up like the the basement and was that the venue in oshawa or uh it was the dungeon the dungeon dungeon. sorry yeah yeah you know and there twice there'd just be like eight bands and somebody would make like a you know a a quirky looking show poster with like a weird graphic on it and all the band's names and like people come and you know everybody would want to use their own fucking amp yeah oh everybody use their own gear no gear sharing yeah yeah absolutely not uh Uh, i didn't spend $2,500 $2,500 on this Hughes and Kettner to not The Hughes not and Kettner. Up, you know what I mean? Um, Eventually moved to the Soldano, though, man. I that had the Soldano. I still have it. Right, yeah. Yeah, awesome amp. Um, so anyway, I mean, this is just like a story of a, of a band. And I, I think there's some certain like stuff that maybe can be gleaned in terms of decisions we we made or, or roads we chose to go down that maybe uh, did or didn't uh, bear fruit for us and I don't know. Maybe people will find this interesting. I fucking will find it really little, interesting. Little little memory lane journey, at least for for me. And how did you meet everybody initially? Like, who so, were the initial members that stuck around till the the absolute end? Yeah, so we had a band called Snatch actually in <laughs> uh, in high school. Was and, that like a pseudonym for vagina? Well, I mean, you know, it could be. I guess. But it's it was intended as Well, it's that. also a great film. From, it is a great uh, film, yeah. yeah. Yeah, from the, the I think it was a 90s flick, That was right? the one with like Brad Pitt, right? Brad Pitt, Jason yeah. Statham, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was Jason Statham's first movie. And um, so I put some heavy hitters in that that movie. So um, shout out to the movie Snatch. Um, anyhow, that was, that was what our band was called. And uh, it's myself and... Uh, a couple, a few other guys. Well, uh, most notably, my friend John, who Kajerski? Uh, yeah, who I didn't played, know he was a Dean boy. Yeah, yeah, he played drums, and um, a couple of other <clears throat> our, our, of our friends, and we were sort of, yeah, we were sort of uh, just figuring stuff out, just making music that we thought was cool, and trying to play shows. Uh, I guess we were yeah. been like eighteen, seventeen, eighteen, trying to play like whatever bars downtown Toronto that w- where we could do like an all ages gig or whatever. And, mm. you know, battle of the bands, like all that supernova and shit for people who aren't, maybe there's people who aren't familiar with this concept because it seems crazy now, but like what they used to do is there, somebody would promote, yes, yeah, supernova. That was such bullshit. I hate that company. Oh, absolutely. Um, so somebody would like promote the show and the bands would have to sell their own tickets to the gig and you would maybe make a cut of the sales. Sometimes Supernova, you didn't make anything. Mm. You, you. I don't uh, remember these things. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I, you sold your, you sold tickets to your own show, and then however much you sold, um, uh, de- uh, determined what uh, time slot you would get. So mm-hmm. you get a better time slot if you sold to more tickets, which obviously that makes sense. And then it would be a competition where. Um, they have a panel of judges and like whoever sounded the best would, uh, win a prize of probably like recording time and yeah. maybe like a little promo package or, you know, something silly like that. And I'm sure that, yeah, these guys were 
probably making money hand over fist. Although, or maybe they weren't because renting out a venue and like putting on a show is not cheap. But yeah, you're not wrong. But uh, yeah, I mean, the general concept was, you know, each band sells their own tickets. Maybe you get a cut, maybe you don't. And, uh, you know, you're just doing it to, to have have fun and uh, and try to make it big. And, and, you know, this is when like MySpace was a big deal, right? So oh, yes. Like MySpace page and all this stuff. So anyway, without, you know, getting too deep into it, um, we, uh, yeah, we decided to, at some point that we were going to uh, change our name because we wanted something that was like going to be a little bit more uh, uh, family friendly, I guess. More Disney. <laughs> and um, we'd made a record at a place called Mastermind Studios, which was in Hamilton. Mastermind. And this place was this place. I mean, it was great for us because it was super affordable. I think it was like kind of awful for the staff and engineers there because they probably weren't getting paid very much. I see. Like, yeah. Looking yeah. back, like they were pu- probably pulling like you know, 10, 12 hour days, like recording bands and just like, I don't know what they were getting paid, but we, I mean, the, our budget for our, our recording was, was, um, yeah, I I don't even remember, but I think it was like, it was something super reasonable. Like it was like a, it was like a couple thousand bucks, maybe like, I'm going to misremember this because this was like 15 years ago, but it was probably like a, it feels like it was like two or three grand to make like twelve songs. Oh like, wow! Like bonkers! Oh like, my god! That's so, like like almost crazy. one song now. Even then, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Any anyway, I, I I could be completely wrong on that one, but so we decided we're gonna make this record, and and we and we did. Uh, we slept on the floor of a of a uh, uh, university college uh, like rooming house. Uh, that uh, one of our friends was, you know, he was staying, he was going to McMaster University, so he, like, gave us his key because it was summer and he wasn't in school. I see, yeah, And so yeah. we just, like, stayed in the basement of this house illegally and got caught <laughs> by the landlord at least twice. And being like, oh, what boy. the hell are you guys doing in my house? So, yeah, it's so sketchy. Um, <laughs> but uh, some good times were had there. And... Yeah, we made uh, – he was a nice guy though. We ended up thanking him in the album credits. Um, so the landlord or your friend? The the, uh, the landlord. We Also the friend. But uh, Really? The yeah. landlord turned out yeah. to be like a good hang. Yeah, he was – well, he was a good guy. I mean I think his patience did wear thin with us, but he, you know, didn't like call the police. So um, That's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, so we appreciated that. Yeah, so um, we, yeah, we make this record. We sort of did a little bit of a, a, a rebrand – kind of wanted to not, not that we didn't consider our music to be serious but i think we wanted our image to be a little bit more like quote-unquote serious and um and more marketable i guess for for lack of a better word so um we actually named the band aberdeen um our guitarist at the time whose name was darren i don't want to name too many people on in this episode just, just in case people don't want to be be named but yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't know he, he wouldn't mind great guy great player um Still plays guitar, as far as I know. Uh, yeah, so he noticed that the street, the the highway exit to the studio in Hamilton, the the street was called Aberdeen Avenue. So he wanted to, he wanted that to be the band name, and that's actually what we we ended up going with, um, and sort of went from there. We played, we we were trying to sort of just promote this this album, and uh, you know. Just playing shows, doing whatever, not nothing super crazy was happening. But I think we went up, we ended up going, we ended up getting the opportunity to go to um, Nova Scotia to play. Remember this? Yeah. So we ended up going there twice. Um, the first time uh, we went out there, I think it was just, and I could be wrong about this. I think it was just the the four original guys, but I I could be wrong about this. Um, we went out west in a Honda Odyssey. Oh, with boy. a trailer and totally ruined that van. Um, and we had an opportunity to, to sort of open for this band called Above All Else. So shout-outs to Above All Else. Yeah, just, just you know, another pop kind of band. They're yeah. super nice guys, super, like, generous, super... They, they were excited that we wanted to come out and, like, do a run of shows. They booked the whole tour. Like, we didn't hardly have to do anything. Um, That's sick, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, 
Yeah, all we had to do was show up, drive out there. I mean, obviously, we're not making any money, right? It's just like we're hoping to yeah. sell some T-shirts and like put gas in the tank and, and whatever else. But just excited to get the experience. And they, they were wonderful guys. They gave us places to crash, showed us around town. Um, and yeah, that was sort of our first experience of like really touring um, on the road. And it, yeah, it again, like didn't didn't really lead to, to anything uh, super huge, but... We got to play a bunch of shows, got a bunch of sort of uh, people on, on Facebook and stuff that added us and, and got interested in the band and we're starting the to build socials. a fan base. We're like, oh yeah, this is kind of this is kind of starting to roll. Like, cool. Um and so eventually uh, my friend John, who I just had mentioned, uh, he was going to school for uh, uh, independent music production was the course's name out of Seneca College in Toronto and I was going to Humber as were you of course and so he met a, a guy named Adam who was also in this program with him who's in, in uh he's like oh you got to meet this guy he's he's super talented he's super driven he's a singer he's a songwriter he's all this so I was like, okay cool cool so we end up meeting and he ends up being interested in in joining the band you know as like an extra so we would have three guitarists now and oh boy. like he could, you know, sing really well. So we would have harmonies now on our, on our vocals. And I was like, whoa, this is like, this is game changing, right? So he ends up joining and, and he and I become super tight, super close friends. And, um, I, and our bass player at, at some point, uh, decided it wasn't for him anymore. So, um, so Adam switches to bass now. So we're back to a of four course, piece. Yeah. But we got the vocals happening and his uh he, yeah, still this day, like I, I don't know if I've met anybody quite as driven uh and motivated and like hungry as as Adam really? was. And and one thing that I struggled with then and still do now is just is motivation, drive, wanting to put myself out there, wanting to like sure take a chance wanting to you know be outgoing make things happen and and adam was, he was just, a mover and a shaker he was man and he made he, he made so much shit happen for the for this band and he just he fucking he bled it man like it was it was it was real and um so that's when we really started to um i think get get moving in the sense of like self-promotion and trying to go for like bigger gigs and trying to hook up with different people and, um, and get different opportunities and, and, and just really take the next step, um, towards, yeah, I mean, really, really trying to make it right. And so, um, just trying to remember what we, the next sort of big thing was that we did. I think we went, um, we went back out east to Nova Scotia again. Um, yeah. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. If I get these in the wrong order, it doesn't matter because nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about anyway. Exactly. But we went back out east again, did the Nova Scotia circuit again. And by this time, um, my friend John had, had actually decided that he um, wanted to, to pursue some other things. So he uh, – and he didn't want to um, – go you know full on with with uh, the band anymore so he ended up don't blame uh, him he ended up bouncing yeah <laughs> the musician life is uh is an interesting one yeah exactly and so he ended up bouncing so we had to find um some new musicians so we picked up a uh, another uh, guitarist and uh, a drummer um and a keyboard player oh. uh, who actually friend of the show who'd been on the show so i'm sure i can say his name Eddie Ryder. Yes, sir. Um, back, on, I don't know what episode it would have been, but Eddie now now plays with uh, Sean Mendes. And, probably like 60 uh, episodes ago. Probably, yeah. And uh, is just like a massive <clears throat> talent, uh, just amazing keyboard player, composer, um, performer, you know, you, you name it. And uh, he went to Humber with us, and I, I'm trying to remember how – he ended up getting involved with us. I think I think he wanted to play guitar, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. 
I think I'd mentioned to him that we were sort of looking for somebody to play guitar. Did he, did he know anybody? Because he had a band as well. That's right. He had a band sort of around the same time as we did. And did we did some shows that. together. And he and I were buds in, in first year or whatever. And I, and I, I would have said, you know, we're looking for a guitar player. Do you know anybody? And he, I guess he, he said, like, I want to do it. So he shows up and auditions on guitar. Um, but we kind of already found somebody. So we were just like, yeah. dude, why don't you play keys? Like, that'll totally change the sound of what we're trying to do. Like, and so this, you know, have bringing, bringing on Eddie adds all this, um, you know, new sort of sounds and, and possibilities, yeah, possibilities. What we're trying to do. Cause we'd just been a straight up guitar band up until then. And now it's yeah. like all of a sudden we've got access to, you know, obviously piano, but synthesizers and, and just his, uh, his ear and his, um, ability to, uh, um, you know, compose parts and his technical knowledge too. That's the other thing I didn't mention enough about Adam either is like the, the technical knowledge of both of those, those guys. It's like, now we have a, we had like a light show that we programmed with MIDI to like go God, along I do with. do remember hearing yeah. about that. Yeah. So Going we just in the had garage these and like. Seeing all the Aberdeen stuff. Yeah. We had all these like gadgets and stuff, right? So like we had, um, um, cause Adam's dad also was like a master, this guy could just build anything. Like uh, it's like, oh, we want a sign that lights up. Like he, he just make he just make that. It's mm. like I don't know. It's like, I couldn't do that. I was I was always blown away with by what he was able to do. And um, anyhow, yeah. So we just bought these like cheap, um, like yellow lights from Home Depot. You know the ones like construction, yes. like work lights. You know, and bolted them onto speaker stands because the speaker stands have the holes in the the posts where you um put the uh the the peg to keep the the stand from collapsing. Yeah. So we just bolted them through there, plugged them into a, like a a dimmer switch box and controlled that with uh with MIDI. Yeah, that it was is wild. fucking We spent obscene. like 2 days with our you know songs uh I guess we had a tracks rig at that point, I don't even know. And um just playing the songs and programming the MIDI of how that you know we wanted these lights to dim on and off and calibrating it so that they would do it in time because they're they're um, halogen bulbs so they don't they're not LED they don't just like sure light up at the snap of fingers so you actually had to trigger the MIDI like you know a thirty second note before you wanted it to hit or something we figured that out and anyways um, so yeah I mean those two guys in particular Adam and and Eddie. Um, were 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 so important to sort of the next steps that we took, um, and yeah, one of those was going back out east, doing that tour circuit again with the same group of uh, the same band uh, that we had done with last time, um, and um. Sorry, now, what point did you guys buy the uh, Bang Bus? <laughs> yeah, right. So, how did that happen? Yeah, so we got a Chevrolet uh, uh, 2500 van, so like a, but it was green. Like you would think of those vans as like the white, like unmarked yes. van or whatever. Yes. Like it's like that. I but think green. of it as like the van that you transport like a cult in. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, like a very large airport shuttle or like. Yes. Well, no, yeah. I guess not a large airport shuttle. Actually, but probably like a but small. An average shuttle. airport shuttle. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, but it was green. So, you know, it's a little more, um, for, you know, forgiving or whatever. Um, and yeah, we got a trailer. I don't know. How, I don't know how I made that happen. I think I just, uh, begged my parents to like help me finance this, this vehicle and, yeah. um, figured it out. And yeah, so that, that allowed us to sort of travel around. We went down to Baltimore to record a record, um, I'm getting this all a little bit out of order now, but we went down and this was due to Adam reaching out to a producer in Baltimore and saying, Hey, like we really want to, mm. really want to work with you. Um, can we come down to your studio? Can we record some stuff? And, and, uh, he said, he said, yeah, you know, and surprisingly, like I would say, yeah, somebody reached out to of me course, and be yeah. like, yo, can we come record with you? Hell yeah, man. But this, this person had produced, um, a few bands that we were into at the time. So we took the trip you do. We drove down to Baltimore. No phones. Like this was before iPhone. You map quested right? that motherfucker. We had paper maps, like, like Pearly's per, guy, like Pearly's maps, like wow. unfold. 
this map. Like a fucking RPG, man. Yeah. And like we knew um maybe we printed off map quest directions. Obviously we knew the address we were trying to get to, yeah. but like we were literally looking at maps and like dry yeah, it was it was hardcore. It was amazing. Um that we that we made it at all. Uh and yeah, we spent a few days there. I guess I don't know where I don't know where we were staying. I guess this guy, I think the producer had um a place for bands to stay. He he had a condo. Oh wow. Yeah. So that was part of the deal if we if we Imagine came down, you're doing was, so well that you have like a place. It's like, yeah. yeah I mean, it's Baltimore, I so I I don't think True. real estate was all that True. expensive at the time, but but yeah, for for real, like that that is pretty pretty sweet. Disposable right? income, man. Yeah, it was a good concept. Good place to stay, and and yeah, we been, we we did three tunes there. Um, wasn't super happy with how they turned out, but um, but we'll we'll come back to those. And it's like, so oh. so we go, we do we do the um, we do the East Coast run one more time with uh, with with uh, the the new lineup, right? And then. Adam is working as a uh, background actor on the side. Uh, and this is where stuff starts to roll. If the story has been boring as hell uh, up until now, <laughs> hopefully it gets cooler now. So this is where stuff really starts to roll. He's been working as a background actor and gets wind of um, – and this is what I mean when I say like he's driven and he's just hungry and just makes shit happen. Like he yes. he pulled this out of thin air. I, I, I don't even understand. He, he gets wind that a, a – a movie is being shot in Toronto and they're looking for a band. Like that's all he knows. And he takes that and sends a photo of us through his agent and somehow gets a photo of us through no like audio. And it's a film gig. So that makes sense that they wouldn't need to hear us. It's all, it's going to be like a, uh, do, do these guys look like a band or whatever. And based on that photo, we got the gig, had no idea what this was. We just knew we were going to be in a film yeah. and um, we were on the road. They're like, can you come audition? We're like, no, we're on the road. We're in Nova Scotia or wherever the heck we were. And they're like, all right, whatever. We'll give you the gig anyways. Like, yeah, that's bizarre. Like, how does that, how does that even happen? Also I, I, too, it was a bigger production. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. I mean, at the time, a, maybe not as big as you would think now, like maybe. No, but it was a legit movie. Like, so it is. Yeah, it's it's it it turns out that it was um a movie called Camp Rock 2 The with, Final Jam with, with Demi which, Lovato uh, with with Demi Lovato and the Jonas Brothers. That's uh, that's not yeah. bad, you know. Yeah. So Disney a Disney production uh not not a theater film but Disney uh, would not have hired Snatch to be the host man <laughs> Yeah, for that. see with a name like Snatch we wouldn't have wouldn't have been able to go, right? Um so yeah, we end up, we end up filming this. So we're background actors. They send us like sheet music, so weird, like reading guitar, like as as notation, right? And we're yep. like trying to learn these parts. And you try and learn it the best you can, but it obviously doesn't actually matter because you just like the cameras are sweeping across the stage yep. and like they're never showing your hands, so it doesn't really matter if you're playing the right thing. But of course, as musicians, we're like really trying to trying to play the right thing. So, anyways, if you want to see twenty one year old Al. Uh, in a Disney movie, look up uh, on YouTube "Brand New Day Demi Lovato" or "Brand New Day Camp Rock 2, and you will see twenty-one, twenty-two-year-old Al with a faux hawk and an orange T-shirt playing. Fuck yes, uh, playing a guitar solo. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, a little, a little brush with with fame there for us. So they ended up hiring us for, um. I don't know, like a week's worth of, of shooting in, I think in Guelph or something. And then another week in Toronto at, uh, I think Earl Bales park. And, um, we were getting, uh, so as an extra, you're, you're not at the time anyways, you're not making like killer bread. Like you were making maybe like 20 bucks an hour. Yeah. Um, there's a good union, like the, uh, the actors union is really strong, uh, when musicians think of union, we kind of like scoff because it's like they've what, done what, jack what union. shit for uh, the yeah. actors union actually is yeah. super, super powerful. So they, they get over time, they get all this, this stuff, right? So as an extra, you can actually do really well. If, if shoots go over time, you make good bread, but as a special skills extra, which means you're an extra, but you have a special skill, which apparently is 
holding a guitar and like pretending to play, yeah. uh, you get triple scale. So like 60 bucks actually, an hour, my boy. Yeah. So we were actually, and this is in, you know, 2010 or whatever. So it was like meaningful dough to all of us. We were all just like students or whatever had barely any money. So we were super psyched about that as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, just, just a pretty cool, unique experience. I've never done a film since, and I yep. probably won't ever again. I mean, it's pretty like, I shouldn't say I never will, but. Um, Camp Rock 3, buddy. I'm sure it's already out. <laughs> uh, I, it's, 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 it's a it's a bit of a grind because sometimes you're just in a holding tent for like, you know, a full day or whatever and nothing happens and you're just going mm. around, but you're getting paid, so. Um, I shouldn't say I'll never do that, but it's certainly not a lifestyle that I see myself like wanting to dive into without being paid like a crazy amount. Yeah, of Yeah, exactly. There are many lifestyles that I would get into, you know, if I was guaranteed a large sum of money. Um, so yeah, it, <laughs> so that. um, yeah, so we do this this movie and we sort of think, oh man, like this is this is kind of our this is our big shot, right? Like we can use this to springboard leverage um, yeah. and get some gigs. And so, dude, like for the next like two or three years, every email, every like press release or like thing I was trying to send to like get us like try to apply for a gig or a festival or whatever, I was typing in camp rock to final jam we were the band in this movie and you know you make it sound like you know we we literally were playing for yes, the jonas brothers and stuff and like you, you you make it you you work it of course um but we did get to like meet those guys and and and, and meet uh, demi lovato and meet some of the other cast and everybody was super super nice and yeah. it, was, it, was, yeah. it was a cool very very cool experience so um yeah so we're doing all this stuff and then again uh, Adam, I don't know how he did this. I think he just cold messaged, um, this person on, on, uh, on Facebook, I guess. Cause I don't think Instagram existed at the time. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, this is where I'm going to keep it a little bit vague, but one of the members from a band called Headley that yes. people might remember for, um, very negative reasons now, but at the time they were, uh, uh, you know. They were doing one quite the, well for One themselves. of the biggest bands in the country and, yeah. and you know, certain In things. a similar certain, vein to what you guys were going for. Similar too. styles, uh, certain <clears throat> things that are now have come to light had not come to light at the time. So, Obviously. Uh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so they were kind of at the height of their role. And um, this, uh, yeah, this person agreed to, I guess they were starting to like produce bands. And they, uh, one of the members of, of this group, Headley, they were starting to produce bands, and they uh, they agreed to um, produce our band. They, mm. He heard the demos that we had made in Baltimore and said, "I like this. I can work with this. Come on out and and do a record." And mm. so at this point, we're like, you know, blown away, right? Like this is yep. like th- this this could be the big time. Um, and, and so this is where uh, – this is one of the things that like I feel every artist or band or, or creative entity kind of goes through this at one point or another. I know what you, you're about to say. You feel like you you got to shoot your shot. Yes. Um, and I, I, I don't even necessarily want to talk anybody out of – doing something like this because a no one will ever listen to me anyways because when you're in it you're like this is what we have to do like this that's exactly it this is the only time we're ever going to get this opportunity this is like we we have to take the shot right like one of the biggest bands in canada and one of the bigger bands in the style of music kind of you guys were yeah like wants to take us under their wing and wants to like help us make music like what if we get an opening slot for them on a tour what if they get us you know, there was talks of like, well, we could did, get you. Didn't it lead to to you getting an opening slot here and there? No, no, we never did. You never um, opened for them? Oh, you just, nope. uh, okay, yeah. Well, there no, you go. we never did. <clears throat> um, but, you know, there was meetings with, uh, they did get us meetings with a uh, couple of the major labels, though. Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, there, there were, there was, so it's this kind of thing where like, Again, like I don't want to shit talk too much because like yes. 
things did happen, but it's also one of those things where it's like you can say like you can throw your weight around a little bit when you're in that position and be like, well, 100%. I know all these people at this label and this label and that's exactly my band's it. the shit and like whatever. And then you can uh, obviously we're like, you know, 22 years old with stars in our eyes. Like we're going to bend yep. over backwards to make this happen. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean the, the long and short of it was like, we flew out to Vancouver. We decided we were going to, you know, take the shot. We took out a loan for, um, about, I think it ended up at first we were like, oh, it's going to be about 15 grand to do an EP. Yes. Which isn't that absurd. No. I mean, in 2010 dollars, it's probably, I'm just trying to think like who, you know, 15,000 to do six tunes now. I think that would be fairly reasonable, like as a major label project yeah. or something, still be like more than um, what I would want to pay now. But, um, well, also too back then, like the availability of technology and shit. Like, yeah, being a bedroom producer, being like, oh, you know, I I just like kind of do most of it at home and then rent a studio for the drums. Like, I don't think that would be the norm, you know. So therefore, it would be much more expensive back then to to get a bedroom producer. So yeah, and I mean, we were doing we were we were doing all the pulling out all the stops like we were at warehouse studios which is brian adams's place in yeah in, in vancouver we were renting gear from people like we yeah. the, the symbols or the hi-hats we used were like used on the first rage against the machine album because <laughs> like they knew the guy who produced that he like lived in the area and had drum gear like i don't know maybe that's not even true about those symbols but that's that's yeah. what we were hearing at the time but it they did come you. from uh, from garth richardson but anyways it's like we were pulling out all, the the budget was was full on right there were no like cost cutting yes measures yes. within in place. reason i mean um and we were paying our producer you know a hefty fee as well yep. um you know a percentage of songwriting which they were you know really not that involved in yeah um, yep. shaping the but songs absolutely. to make it worth their while um, in but, their you know, eyes like, they wanted that yeah po- yeah points and i'm not saying producers should never get points but i think we gave far more, more than, than you maybe should have than, than we should have yeah. i think i do think producers should get points uh, for sure to be for clear sure, yeah but uh i think we maybe give too many but whatever um not a huge deal and yeah, so we thought it was going to be fifteen grand. I think it ended up being closer to like twenty five. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's a chunk of change. Yeah, we had to go out bunch of broke ass musicians. We had to go out there twice to to complete the project because the problem is, it's like you get priced in, right? It's like the first first week we get all the instruments done, and it's like, okay, this is awesome, um, and then uh, you know, but the vocals aren't done. It's like, okay. Well, you got to come back out and do the vocals, and so, yes, sir. There, there you go. So, um, yeah. Uh, what else do I want to say about this? I mean, the record sounds very good. It sounded yes, very good I at the time. That, yeah. um, the songs were the best songs that we had, and uh, I think I thought they were good. I thought there were a couple of pretty, pretty damn good ones on there. Yeah. Uh, you can look it up. It's called the Less Than Three. EP, yeah, less than three EP on it's I don't on Spotify. Know what that means. Why, why less than three? Is um, that a song? It'll be on uh, <clears throat> um, YouTube Music. It's on all the music services. Yeah. Uh, shout out to CD Baby, who I've mentioned before on this podcast, the distributor. All of the Aberdeen catalog is on, still on Spotify, still on YouTube. Fuck yeah! One time fee, man. Stop, that is nice. Stop using these services that charge every year. One time fee. Yeah, that's CD fucking Baby. craziness. Still on. Um, <clears throat> that's the thing they sounded great and it is a funny thing because yeah i've been critical of the whole like oh this you know person thinks that they're gonna like buy their way into fame by working with this big producer and i think it's like <clears throat> i mean within reason like um you know like i feel like someone like that wouldn't have given you guys as much of the time of day if he didn't be like ah, oh, you know Maybe these guys could do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think based off of the record, it's just a matter of, you know, did it get out there enough, you know? And I think that's just like luck, you know? Yeah, uh, it 
certainly a part of it. I mean, it's also timing too. Like I think sure. that the industry was moving away from yes. bands that sounded like us or or the bands that we sounded like, I yeah. guess, more and more uh, aptly or uh, accurately. What, what time did Aberdeen release that record? Like what, what year? 2010, I'm fairly 2010, certain. 2010, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So sort of at the end of like the... Yeah, the pop punk. Bad timing. Sort of thing, yeah. And so, I mean, we were, yeah, like we were meeting up with with um, labels. I think we went and sat down with somebody from Warner, um, somebody from uh, Coalition Entertainment, who's not a label, I don't think, or weren't at the time, but big management company in uh, Toronto, um, sat down with, Maybe EMI or maybe not. Maybe that was just a phone call. Um, and met up with Greg Nori, very nice fella as well. Yeah, um, it just it just didn't. Uh, you know, nobody wanted to take on this this record that we'd made, yeah. and it's and you you know it's exciting at the time, but then it's kind of just like no, 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 and you're like, oh shit, okay. Well, yeah. What do we What do we do now? And you end up in this really weird spot where you're like okay well we spent like a ton of dough on this this record and we think it's great like it's the best thing we've ever made it sounds better than we could have ever imagined yep um and what wh- what do we do now like we want to want to get it out there we want to start playing we want to start doing stuff and the message we were getting back from the producer was just like hold on wait 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 like don't do anything yet like let me let me figure some stuff out let me try to like do this, do that. Like, don't put anything out. The message was always like, don't act. Don't take sure, action. Sure, Um Because I guess like – And what you was know, the what, reasoning behind that? Just because if it didn't make a big impact, then it was like no good? I think you want to go – yeah, you like you want to you want to come out the gates hot I rather see. than just like, oh, we just put it up online and played a few shows and started selling CD copies and like – Nothing happened, and and people, the fact that he, I feel like if he didn't give a shit too, he would have been like, yeah, just do whatever with it. You know what I mean? So it sounds like be. he yeah. had faith. Well, you know? I mean, I'm not saying that people didn't he care. Didn't. Like, yes, yes. Like the the record turned out good. Like everybody's trying to make a good product. I, yeah. I guess I, I all I'm I, I what I'm trying to say is like as a band in that spot to leverage ourselves like that hard, like take out thirty grand, twenty five grand, whatever. Sure in debt that like money that we don't have which like with no prospect of making that back right yeah. it's not like oh yeah well we have all these shows coming up we're gonna get we're gonna sell all this merch or like yep um, there are much more like budget options we're gonna get radio play and we're gonna get all yeah. these royalties back well and like, also to back then i feel like spending 15 grand actually would have been like yeah just because like think about it back then like now you could make a record in your bedroom and it would be i mean i've heard songs that you guys as the agenda where it's like, oh, during lockdown, you produced a song and it was all in your guys' own separate rooms. Mm-hmm. And it's like, sounds great, you know? Comes across, yeah, totally. Whereas back then, not so much. You know, whereas someone yeah. now, there's like, for me, I, I don't know if somebody, it would depend on the person, you know, in the situation. Like, I hear sometimes, you know, somebody was telling me they got this one producer from Nashville who'd done some stuff on... um Who's the, the guy who does beer never broke my heart? Luke Combs. He does yeah. stuff on the Luke Combs stuff. And like they showed up, laid down the guitars, like all the instruments in like an hour, did a few takes, you know, and then they did vocals. And then that was that. And it's like, mm-hmm. to me, that's not really uh, not really music production, you know, like. Not above um, and beyond. Yeah. Like yeah. once again, I'm. I'm sure that if like it's a, a style of music, a style of maybe country music that leans towards that, like Luke Combs stuff kind of makes sense for that. But like, obviously also for Luke Combs, like they're not doing that for Luke Combs. They're doing much, 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 much more because mm-hmm. they want it to like slap. Whereas like, uh, you know, when some fucking random person is like, I want to work with you. And they're like, Oh, we'll work with you too. You know, like they're just going to, to what is a good hourly rate, you know? Yeah, there's certainly, 
uh, an element of of that. I mean, nobody would argue like in the music production business. Like, there's producers who have huge acts that they have produced or yeah. or are producing in an ongoing basis, and then they just sort of like take on whatever acts, and because of their name and their their pedigree. Uh, people are clamoring to work with them and then it ends up just being their assistant or whatever doing everything and like they yeah. just kind of mail it in. I mean, we've seen that happen. Uh, I've seen that happen firsthand to like a lot of people and, and uh, yep. it's certainly something to be aware of. So, I mean, that's something that we like, we really take into account in the agenda is like yes. we want to be the right team for the artists that we're working sure. with. You know what I mean? Like if people are like, if people are coming to us, it's because they want the experience of working with us, they think the product's going to come out sounding really good. They think we're yeah. going to add something, you know, awesome to their music. Um, but there is not this like allure of, well, but also we have all these connections with all these agents sure. and sure. songwriters and labels and people in Nashville. And so it's like, we, we, we literally don't have any connections. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing to name drop. But once again, like as you become more established, there is stuff to name drop. I don't think there's anything wrong with name dropping, there's a greasy way to do it. Like I, I think know there's just one one producer in the country scene in Ontario who will go unnamed. Who <laughs> I've overheard them um, talking to like complete newbies, like people who shouldn't even be releasing music at this point. I've never played a show, just trying to get that income, baby. Yeah, uh, being like when I'm on tour with such and such. Yada, yeah. yada, yada, trying to spin the yarn, getting them to, you know, um, do songs with them. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I don't like that, but I mean, you got to sell yourself in a way, but, um, yeah, I, I think like you're yeah. saying, there's a way to do it. And I'm not saying, I, I, and I don't even mean to suggest that, 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 that was the case with that you. That was the case with us, no. but yeah. we look, what I want to stress is that we looked at, our producer at the time and thought all of those things. That's exactly right. Yes. So, um, I guess that's the sort of warning or whatever that, that nobody would, you know, heed anyways, but it's just like when you're an up and coming or like new artist and you're looking for your big break, I would say that it doesn't seem to come from, um, the connections of the person who's producing your music, at least on it. Yes. In my yes. experience. Now, the, I'm saying that as someone who now produces music. Yes. Uh, I well, think you, that I think that the quality of the work that we do is, is really important. 100%. Yes. But well, you, I, I, I'm not going to be dropping it into the lap of somebody who can, like, blow up your career. Yes. Like, if the song is great, if you're a great singer and we did great work together, then hopefully, you know, that's going to speak for itself. But it's, it's not. It's like, I feel like maybe back in the older days, but also back in the older days, like sixties and seventies, mm-hmm. you know, recording was expensive then the really expensive. Yeah. Um, maybe there was more of that, but even then, you know, like the idea that a producer, it's like, Oh, I really believe in this person. And then maybe somebody at the label is like, I trust this guy. There's just too many of us now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if every yeah, time the cat's produ- kind of out of the bag, right? Like yes. people kind of know how the sausage is made at this point. How many yeah. more, uh, euphemisms There's- can I make here? Uh, there's just too many <clears throat> of us out there. It yeah. doesn't seem like that's the way that bands are made. To be honest, it doesn't seem like the way that labels get interested are by like, you know, radio and shit like that now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it seems uh, like not only, that I'm saying it's a bad only thing. care about TikTok at this point anyways. Too. TikTok, YouTube, uh, all that shit. Uh, which, to be honest, kind of takes the power out of the label's hands because I feel like Labels controlled radio, but they don't control YouTube. They don't control TikTok or Spotify or all that, you know? So, I mean, they that's do, cool. they do have big they influence on the, on the playlists. Yes. Uh, yes. For sure. They're slowly going to have control. And I bet you in like 10 years, you know, they'll have a grip on it. But the idea yeah. that, you know, we like, um, do you know three seconds, uh, a summer? Five uh, seconds of summer? Yes. Five seconds of summer. Yeah. Uh, and then like the 1975 and Dua Lipa, yeah. I had this one student who would always just be like, yeah, I just let Spotify sort of play, you know, like, and I find these artists and I'm like, oh, they're really cool. And this was like, ah, man, 
maybe it was like eight or nine years ago, and they brought in Dua Lipa eight or nine years ago, like the 1975 eight or nine years ago, Five Seconds of Summer eight or nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's like, these were not big bands at the time. It was just, you know, they just let, you know, stuff play on Spotify. So that's cool. I have no idea, though. Like, I have no idea how, how one would succeed now. Um, but it's definitely not paying, you know, some of these outrageous, you know, crazy fees for production, you know? Yeah. Unless you got rich parents. <laughs> Fuck. Well, the, you know, I, I think it's funny because I think that in the, I want to say like you can't buy your way there. And I mean, yep. that's true to an extent, but yes. also like you can, it just 100%. costs, it just costs way more money than most people have access to like yeah. taking you a, couldn't be loaned that amount of money. yeah like taking out a loan for like 30 or 50 grand and mm-hmm. like and 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 trying to start a career with it it's like that's a start but like once the record's made and then you know maybe you made a video it's like you got to promote that and 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 promotion budgets are are massive and what so i've always thought you know you're better off um you're better off trying to build things step by step in a way that makes sense where you're never like taking a leap financially at least where yes. you're like man how am i ever going to get this money back you know yeah um and, i'm sure there I are s- moments where you have to take a leap but maybe not that big of a not one. like a with that little hopefully not promise. like a 30 or fifty thousand dollar leap though yeah. like which yeah. is pr- the equivalent of what we did at the time right like yeah if you're thinking about inflation well, I, was, I remember i was looking things up about record deals like you know they give you two million like Generally, they they want that back in. Yeah, you pay that back. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, uh, but I, you know, I see like country artists doing doing it the right way too right now. Like where they 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 spend you know they spend money on making singles yeah. and making recordings and they do it right, but they're not you know going crazy. They're not hiring the biggest yeah. producers in Nashville. They're hiring you know guys who are very good and. And do a good job, and then if they can get some serious XM play, or they can get a little yes. bit of playlisting, or they can get maybe a little bit of terrestrial radio, and it's like, okay, I can make some of that money back. Yeah. Um, and you you account for it. You're like, okay, well, I'm not going to make all of it back, but hopefully we can make you know this much back. And and you do the budgeting, and you sort of you do it right. You're not just sort of taking a swing. And being like, well, YOLO, man, like, let's just, yeah. let's just do I'm gonna this. Make it. it's like, it's a, this first song or maybe the second song, I'm going to make it. It's like, I, feel I think like, it's a, a real quick way to burn out. Yeah. Um, and, and if you want to sort of have staying power and, and have a realistic. Actually have a shot. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you need to have more because I, you know, all we had as a plan was like, well, we've, we've, we've took, taken out a loan. We've got the money we need to make this yeah. record. Hopefully Once we make the record, gonna, it'll be good. Yeah, we'll make the record, and then it'll be. We'll go from there. We'll get signed, yeah. and it'll be fine. And like, uh, and that didn't didn't pan out. So we had like a three month plan when we needed, you know, uh, we in addition we would you know needed a six month and a twelve month and a twenty four month plan. We didn't have any of that. We were just yes, we were, we but just you're young kids, right? Well, also, young too, kids. I feel like the music industry at that point, like the way that they sign people, was evolving. You know what I mean? Like I know of artists oh, a few years after that where it's like, oh, you got a big YouTube channel. Like let's let's sign you. You know, yeah. it was the beginning of that, the end of the like, wow, this band is really sick. And if we put money behind them, people will listen. It's like, no, no, no. This band has people listening to them. We will put money behind it and hopefully get more of them. You know? Yes. Um, totally. You're absolutely it's an interesting right. thing. Yeah. It's funny because like this is a subject that you know, like how to succeed in today's music business as as an artist and get like number ones and shit and be the next like fucking Dua Lipa. Obviously, we have no idea. We can only, you know, speculate and see some of the people we play with, how they've had success. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best place for our, our insights in that sense is like the people that we play for, some of the people that are bigger versus some of the people that maybe, you know, are on their way to being bigger. Um, see how they're doing it, you know. I've definitely, yeah. it's interesting. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it, it's kind of goes back to our conversation about artificial intelligence. It's like, how do you make a number one? Like, yes. is there truly a formula for that? Or is it just yeah. happenstance? 
you caught lightning in a bottle with a great song at the right time with the right message with the right image with the right sounds and people were looking at you at the right time and like i I don't know can you really um uh engineer that from uh, maybe ai can but i don't know that yeah (laughs) human beings uh, you know people have been chasing chasing that dream for uh for for as long as the music industry it's definitely existed. complicated. At the very you know, least, we can like say it's complicated. Quincy Jones and Max Martin. I don't know if anybody yeah. else knows how to. Do. But they have like a proven track record, right? Like they had yeah. one thing happen for them, and then you know they did the thing, and they're like, "That's good. Let's do another one." And it's like that actually went pretty well too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then eventually, anything he puts out, you know, he's going to be stuck with the really good artists, promising artists, and shit. So I'd like definitely. Will used to say this thing: it's like, "All you need is a good song." I'm like. Not now. I, I, I don't think that is the case now. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I still think the it's song is, is, oh, yes. ev- is everything in a lot of, in a lot yes. of senses. But yes. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a wild west out there again in terms of yeah. streaming and social media is just really opening things up to like whoever. And yep. uh, the, the institutions are still just playing catch up. They're just like, they're, oh, they're grasping 100%. at the next thing that looks like still complaining about Napster, right? um, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, for sure. Right. Um, so, but at the same time, man, like the, you know, the labels have been doing it for tens and tens of years and, um, and they do know what works in a lot of different senses. They have the infrastructure there to, job. to, to, to make records. And, and in some cases, uh, get exposure for artists and, get them on gigs, get them on festivals. And it's like, you still want a label. I think if you're, uh, yeah, if the deal's good too, if you're, you know, yeah, I think you always still want a label as an artist, but, um, I mean, but you can do it, I guess in a number of different ways, but I think it all, I think to me, it still does come back to the song. Um, I think it's very important, but but production, you know, production certainly plays a role, especially now with, the, the exploration of, of sounds, not that that hasn't been 100%. happening since the beginning, but it just, it feels like certain genres, um, even country, but in you know, a lot of genres are just way out there with like all kinds of different sounds happening and just sort of making yep. something, especially pop music right now, like radio pop. It feels like each song sort of got its own like identity of, uh, of, you know, putting you into a space or putting you yep. into like a time period. And it's up to or, a producer to like figure that out. Yeah. Cause I guarantee you, like there are certain singers that if a producer just heard the singer and they weren't like a famous singer already, they'd be like, singer's not that good. You know, like Bob Dylan, you know what I mean? Like if somebody heard like a Bob Dylan guy now. Yeah. This guy can't really sing, you know, <laughs> in comparison to all of like the really, virtuosic people out there but it's like i feel like it takes like a really good producer to be like but this guy has like uh, i hate this fucking word vibe and if i like put him with this sort of instrumentation and make this type of music like he's unique you know what i mean so um yeah no i i agree definitely the song is really important i mean for success i feel like uh the way that it's marketed or if it is marketed you know um and you know like the person behind it and stuff like that um and just the plan dude like that's you know i and i've never been never been good at planning so yeah but i mean the artists that i see having repeated sort of like success at any level like be it you know they're actually really kind of at the higher end of things uh or they're just sort of grinding it out um getting a little bit of satellite radio here or there like i was saying before and like oh yeah i can make yep. a bit of money back here i can i can do this you know campaign and, it's and sell some, yeah sell some shirts or sell some vinyl or or you know yeah it's sustainable exactly um the people that i see that are doing that they have plans they're always figuring out what what am i going to do next how is i how am i going to how am i going to make this work um and I mean, when you're an independent artist, it's you. You've got to. Uh, it's all on you, right? Like nobody's going to do that stuff for you. And I think that's certainly where I fell short um, in uh, in this band in particular. 
um, and why I, I feel more comfortable um, with what I'm doing now, which yes, is, me too. You know, I could not be an artist because of that. Um, yeah, I, I and and um, I, I don't want to call it a failure or like giving no. up on, on it's a pivot, whatever. It's but it's just like you're allowed to be happier doing something else, right? Or like yes. being more comfortable. That's it's like, okay, such well, an like, important thing. I get to engage with the part of music that I like the most, which and is... avoid the stuff you don't like. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is perfect. Stuff that I'm not good at, like promotion and, and um, you know, cold calling people and uh, <laughs> try to like, try to, you know, being one of those uh, go-getter, make things happen. Uh, like like Adam, who's amazing at that stuff. Yes. I was never good at that stuff, and it makes sense to me now that I'm, you know, I'm more comfortable hanging out in my production studio. as a side guy. Yeah, making. I'm records, the same way, dude. Guitar, I like yeah, so. it, it. How much of a nightmare would it be if your success hinged right now, you know, on like, oh, I gotta fucking call these guys and go to a bunch of shows and you know, like grease some palms and yeah. you know like really hustle, like in terms of trying to, you know, get uh, someone to invest money in me so that I can release a project. Some people thrive on that, man. Some people thrive on that energy, right? But yeah, no, I I don't, none of, none of what you just said made me feel comfortable or good. No, no. (laughs) I definitely think uh, in this aspect as well too, I can sell myself as a side guy, I'm more confident in that. You know, like yeah. I wouldn't mind going to like an open mic and being like, yeah, I'll play a few songs and then chat with people afterwards and be like, yo, yeah, like we should fucking play some gigs together. Mm-hmm. Whereas as an artist, I don't know. I've never done it. So <laughs> I wouldn't know. Um, but you had a but, band back in the day, didn't you? Yeah, they were a metal band. They were really good. Uh, yeah. Well, they, they were really good for our age, right? Yeah. Very nerdy. Um, but, uh, you know, we, blessing. Yes, sir. Are we going to get the bio on, uh, <sighs> it's not as exciting source. Well, um, so I've still got more stories, but I feel like we need to break this into a two parter. Yes. Uh, uh next time when we talk, you have to tell yeah. them about, uh, what was the name of the town? Dryden, Dryden, Ontario. Dryden. There is, Dryden, Ontario. The story of the high school tour where we played, yeah. uh, we went Which uh, across the country and back in four months and played. I don't know how many shows. See if we can get like maybe not Eddie for next week, but we should we should try to get Eduardo, you know, (laughs) into the loop. Yeah, we should get him back on the on the pod. That'd be great. Yeah, well, because like he'd be great at telling that story as well. You know, that's true. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever been to Dryden, but it's very interesting to hear because you're you like you were a front man. You know what I mean? So that's Mm -hmm. a different perspective. Whereas for me, I was like, I'm not going to be Steve Vai. I'm not going to be a singer. So being an artist was never really an option for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a different mindset. Whereas I think it's cool that you, I didn't think I was going to be a side guy either. I maybe thought I was going to be in a band. But the idea of like, as you go through this career in music, you find other avenues where you're like, maybe this suits me better. Like music yeah. production suits you very well. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, yeah. you like it a lot. I do. You know? Uh, and I actually didn't think I was going to either. At Humber, I fucking did awful in the uh, the music technology course. Did a horrible job. Uh, and then I ended up having to learn it all fucking after Humber, you know, because I didn't pay attention in class and skipped it a bunch. Um, but now I love music production, so fuck. Yeah. Well, hey, you're allowed to change and grow yes and develop new interests i refuse right like, i refuse to grow people can uh yeah i'm fucking 34 change. i want to stay two or three years younger than i am right now right yeah that's definitely true um why don't we wrap it up there for for oh, this yeah. part one we'll come back at you with part two of the vh1 behind the music aberdeen dryden chronicles um dryden chronicles car trouble and dryden um but thanks everybody for listening. Hopefully you found this interesting. If you did, uh, maybe you're uh, maybe you're listening and you actually like remember my band, uh, and uh, you want to shout that out or or whatever. Uh, say hello. 
Uh, always pleased to hear from you at uh, musicguypodcast at gmail.com or uh, at musicguypodcast on Instagram. I'm at Al Ro Music. Mike is at Bruno the Meek. Yes, I am. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll chat to you very soon. Thanks as always for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>